Hey everybody, it's Matt. As we get ready to kick off this episode of Growing Greater, I invite you to join me and our team for a very special event. It's our annual Welcome to Greater Philadelphia gathering. This is one of Select Greater Philadelphia's signature events where we welcome new and recently relocated organizations and their leaders to our community. You'll enjoy great food and refreshments while connecting with our region's top academic, business, and civic leaders at a really exclusive location. This novel gathering provides us all the chance to say welcome to the neighborhood, to our new neighbors, and to thank them for selecting Greater Philadelphia as their new home. This special gathering, it's made possible thanks to the teams at Comcast, TD Bank, Berkshire Hathaway Fox Roach Home Services, and the H&K Group. We are all set. It's Thursday, November 19th at 5.30, and it will be an evening filled with meaningful conversations and new friendships. Be sure to join us for our annual Welcome to Greater Philadelphia event. You have to register chamberphl.com slash welcome19. That's chamberphl.com slash welcome19. This is Growing Greater. Growing Greater. Bringing you the stories of economic growth, job creation, and business success from across the 11-county community of northern Delaware, southern New Jersey, and southeastern Pennsylvania. Now, here's Matt Gabry. Age is an issue of mind over matter. If you don't mind, it doesn't matter. As Mark Twain notes, the act of aging is an inevitable part of life that we all face. What's going on? It's the latest way to cover up signs of age and employs a mask which contains radioactive elements. Invisible rays will reach out from that mask and revitalize the bloodstream. It's a treatment which is claimed to begin where cosmetic preparations stop short. While the options for how we treat the aging of our skin has transformed significantly from those radioactive treatments depicted in that 1950s training video, the desire to look young, while it has not only remained the same, it's actually increased. And this week on Growing Greater, we're joined by Dr. Christian Sell. He's an associate professor in the departments of pathology and laboratory medicine and biochemistry and molecular biology at Drexel University's College of Medicine. Christian is part of the team of scientific advisors for a company known as Boinka Therapeutics. They're working on a novel formulation that has the potential to be used as an anti-aging cream, as a possible treatment for skin disorders, and potentially it has the ability to treat medical issues associated with wounds of the skin. It's a compelling story, and it also involves a remote island in the Pacific Ocean known as Easter Island. Here, Christian explains more and describes for us his career journey. So I grew up in upstate New York, just outside of Albany and Schenectady, New York. So I went through the state university, the SUNY system of schools. Actually, I went to the local community college for a couple of years because I didn't know what I was going to do. Sure. I knew I liked biology. Then moved over to Binghamton University, which is a pretty good school, sort of on the edge of Pennsylvania and New York and in a really beautiful area of the southern tier. Spent a couple of years there finishing up my biology degree, and then I did a PhD at Albany Medical College. Nice. So after I finished the PhD, then my wife and I, who's also in the life sciences, we looked for a place where we could find two jobs for people in the life sciences. And so the choices were the East Coast, staying kind of close to family, Boston, New York. 
Philadelphia and Washington. And Philadelphia was really attractive to us because it seemed like a large area, had a lot of opportunity, seemed livable. Yeah. And it turned out I found the best lab I could get into was here at Temple the medical school. So I came to Temple in 1990, and I've been here ever since moving around because there are plenty of institutions that do science here. And so there's a good wealth of positions to move around in and really growing in the area. That's great. And it sounds like Greater Philadelphia has it all for the cell family. <laughs> it sure does, including <laughs> a lot of cycling paths. Yeah, that's for sure. That's one of the great quality of life uh, attributes that is starting to emerge more and more as we talk about the assets of the Greater Philadelphia region, for sure. So let's uh, fast forward to your work today at Drexel. You are part of the Drexel University Department of Pathology and Laboratory Medicine at the College of Medicine. What type of work do you and your team do in that operation? So we study the basic biology of aging, believe it or not. So Mm. this is a, a field that's really emerged in the past 20 years, I guess. You know, I originally started when I started my career and came here to Philadelphia, we were focused on cancer. Okay. So I did some cancer work, and we got to develop some of the first real therapeutics targeting some of the key pathways that regulate cancer cell growth and survival. Mm-hmm. You know, there's ways to trigger cancer cells to undergo basically suicide, this so-called apoptosis. So we were one of the first labs that was working on that, some of those pathways. In parallel, my advisor had a collaborator who was working on cell aging. Mm. And so this is cells that age basically in culture. So mm-hmm. we now know that human cells have a limited lifespan. They don't live forever. If you take cells from you or I, we put them in culture, they'll divide a certain number of times and stop. Okay. Okay. And so that was what they were looking at. And my career kind of developed in the parallel path, looking at those cancer pathways and then the cellular aging. And it turned out many of those key pathways overlapped. Right. And so that kind of slowly made the transition into looking more at those aging pathways as that field developed. And we realized that not only can we understand these pathways, but we can actually target them. Right. And that's what's getting to be exciting in that area. That does sound exciting. And it sounds like it's a perfect fit for the evolution of Drexel's program that's referred to as the Aging Initiative. And I was hoping you could elaborate a little bit more because that sounds like it's relatively new. Well, it has roots going back a ways. So the collaborator I mentioned, my advisor's collaborator, his name was Vincent Cristofalo, and he Mm -hmm. had done work at Wistar Institute. And then he was at Penn. He started the Institute on Aging at Penn, Mm -hmm. which is still going. Then he moved to the Medical College of Pennsylvania, where he established another institute. And in that setting, he obtained some support from the Mars Foundation, the Audrey Meyer Mars Foundation. Mm -hmm. So they provided Vince with a small endowment to begin this foundation and his center there. And through the evolution of my career, when I came back to Drexel, we found that the foundation, the endowment was there and, and was not really being utilized. It was a little bit underutilized. Mm-hmm. I got together with the dean and we proposed a plan to create this aging initiative, which is really in the spirit of that, that donation to what was then MCP, now Drexel Medicine, right. to support this study of the biology of aging. And so that's what the aging initiative is. And so what we're doing is supporting students who want to look at these problems that relate to the basic biology of aging and supports their studies towards a PhD and gives them money to travel, to go to the meetings, to meet scientists, because that's critical. When you're a young scientist, you want to go out and you want to get to these meetings and get some interaction face-to-face with uh, some of the prominent scientists. And then 
you know, also looking for the next job. Yeah, totally. Right. Absolutely. And that makes really good sense. What you just laid out for us in terms of a foundational platform for the evolution of a startup company that I know Drexel is a very entrepreneurial type of organization and they encourage entrepreneurship and they encourage uh, startups to work with and through the Drexel organization. And that's where you and your colleagues have found yourself working in close partnership with Boinka Therapeutics. So how do you describe it? It's technically part of the Drexel family. Is that fair? Well, it's, it's actually an independent startup, mm-hmm. and it's licensing some of the IP that we developed out of the laboratory that targets these aging pathways I described, that they're parallel in aging and cancer. Mm-hmm. And so uh, Boinka is helping us try to bring some of those therapeutics into the clinic, essentially. Okay. So from our point as a basic scientist, we're thinking, okay, we know these, we've identified these basic pathways. Mm -hmm. We know they're going to be important in a variety of diseases because the biggest risk factor for virtually every disease, Mm -hmm. cardiovascular disease, Alzheimer's disease, cancer, is aging. As we age, we get more diseases, many of them, and we're vulnerable to more diseases. And so our viewpoint is that if we can target those key pathways, we may be able to intervene in in multiple disease states. Mm -hmm. And so this is really just from our viewpoint, the first step of Oinka is bringing that into, you know, the market area Mm -hmm. in what I would say is the the low-hanging fruit in a way, because it's the most accessible, because we're using a topical approach here. We're starting with the skin where you can treat people safely and right. monitor them and see whether these pathways are effective. Do we have impact? And then hopefully develop that further. It won't, may not be us, may not be Boinka. There'll be other companies doing it, obviously. Right. But, you know, to contribute that the concept that this approach will actually work in humans. So Yeah, that makes sense. And let's dive in a little bit more to the topical treatment that you and your team at Boinka are trying to further. Share with us a little bit more. What's the active ingredient, if you will, of this treatment? And where are we in the, I guess, the clinical trial stage of the advancement of the treatment. Of course. So the compound we're using is well-known to clinicians. It's an FDA-approved drug. It's been around for quite a while. Mm -hmm. In fact, it's used as part of the immune suppressive therapy that people who've gotten organ transplants Hmm. would receive. So if someone has a kidney transplant, they may be receiving this drug. The name of the drug is rapamycin. Mm -hmm. It was originally discovered out of the soil on Easter Island. Mm-hmm. So it's a really interesting history there. It's basically drug companies, pharma companies back in like the 80s, 70s, 80s were looking around the world for active ingredients, active compounds, natural compounds. And so similar to penicillin, which inhibits bacterial growth, it's made by fungus to inhibit bacterial growth. This is a compound that's made by bacteria to inhibit fungal growth. Hmm. And so the fungal cell has a lot of similarities with the human cell. So it turns out the compound works on humans and it turns out to have high activity is originally developed as an antifungal and then slowly developed as part of the immune suppression therapy. Mm-hmm. And in the past probably 15 years, it's developed a whole second life in the area of aging. Mm-hmm. turns out when you give this compound to virtually any of our model organisms that we like to play with in the lab, you know, the little flies, the worms, mice, sure. in all cases, it increases the lifespan and increases the, the health of those older animals. Hmm. So it's a fascinating compound. And again, as I mentioned before, it targets some of these key pathways that we know are important for the aging process and for overlapping to cancer, going back to my original work. Right. So at any rate, that's the compound. And what we've done is we, in our laboratory, we found that we can use extremely low levels of the drug. 
which is the big advantage because when you're doing something, giving the drug to someone who's had a kidney transplant, you need to give a, a high dose in mm-hmm. order to suppress that immune system. So there are a lot of side effects and a lot of issues with that, and people have a lot of concerns around that, and right. you know, rightfully so. Sure. You know. But because you can give a smaller amount of the medicine, it's actually better because it reduces the potential side effects. Exactly. And that was the key thing. That was kind of what the key discovery we found was that, gee, we don't need to hit that pathway with a hammer right. to get those benefits. When yeah. we put it on those aging cells I described in the lab, we use just a little bit, and now the cells really do much, much better. They live longer. Their function is higher. It's kind of fun because when I bring new students into the lab, we look under the microscope and we see the old cells, and we look at the rapamycin cells, and everybody says, wow, look at these are amazing right, cells. Right. It's really pretty amazing. So we'll be back with more in just a moment. First, let's thank one of the teams who helped make our podcast possible. It's Collier's International Group. Now, Collier's is a top-tier global real estate services and investment management company operating in 69 countries with a workforce of more than 13,000 professionals. Thinking differently, sharing great ideas, and offering thoughtful and innovative advice that helps to advance the success of their clients, well, that's the Collier's way. And in Greater Philadelphia, the Collier's team is serving clients across the region through six offices and nearly 60 professionals who are all delivering a full range of services to commercial real estate occupiers, owners, and investors throughout Northern Delaware, Southern New Jersey, and Southeastern Pennsylvania. You can learn more at www.the2.colliers.com. That's the number two.colliers.com. And join me in thanking Colliers International for believing in us at Select Greater Philadelphia. So, folks, we're talking with Dr. Christian Sell. He's an associate professor in the Department of Pathology and Laboratory Medicine at Drexel University's College of Medicine. And he's part of the kind of founding team and the research team, the scientific advisors at a company that is growing out of Drexel University called Boinka Therapeutics. It has a topical treatment that is for use in basically alleviating, if you will, or modifying the aging process. And tell me if I'm off base here, Chris, that, you know, kind of the working title of this is a RAPA cream, short for the rapamycin, right? Right. If you could, and I'm not sure if you had a moment like this, but share with us when you and your colleagues were taking a closer look at this compound that, to your point, has been well known has been FDA approved. So there's a a sense of efficacy and safety profile that's already established. But you're looking at it for a different indication. Share with us, was this a moment of you stumbled upon this or was this a moment of let's see how it works in this area? You know, ultimately, I guess where I'm going with this is how did we discover and how did you feel when you saw this that this compound actually can have really significant positive impact on aging in general? So the impact on aging, I think, really comes from work from other laboratories, to be honest. Those guys, and there's a really excellent group of scientists down in San Antonio, Texas, okay. at the Barshop Institute, and they really initiated the treatment of mice with the drug. So mm-hmm. they established uh, the idea that you might be able to treat mice with a drug and improve their health span, lifespan. Mm-hmm. For us, we took that and we were trying to understand the mechanisms that were involved gotcha. right, at the cell level. And as we looked at it, we realized that you know not only did it improve functionality in the organism, it improved the functionality of the cells, and 
we were a little bit up against the wall because we, and I think the scientific community, in terms of the aging community, realized that this compound and compounds like it that target this specific pathway are going to have benefit. Mm-hmm. The question really was, how do we leverage this? How do we take advantage of those things we see that are so obvious to us in our, in our laboratory mm-hmm. and really bring them in into the clinic where we can try to get some of that benefit with people? And I guess that was the conflict that brought us, you know, myself, to the realization that we need to start small. You know, many of us were thinking, oh, well, we can do big trials and try it, you know, slow aging somehow. But that's a big ask. Yeah. You know, it's a big ask. It's a heavy lift. Yeah. Exactly. So what are you going to look for when you try to set up a trial with hundreds or thousands of people over 10 years or something? It's really hard. And so, you know, my, I was kind of sort of racking my brain. Where, where can we test this? And really, one night I woke up and said, you know, we can put it on skin and we should be able to see impact. We should mm-hmm. be able to provide benefit and we should be able to demonstrate that this is going to work as, as a first step. Right. And so that's kind of what put us on to the, the, the idea of using it as a topical. And then, of course, the second thing is, well, if it does work, then you know, it would be a nice thing. And yeah, sure. It. So... So yeah. I, I, I do totally appreciate that you and your team were looking through what I would call a commercialization lens, right? Yeah. You know, there's there's clearly clinical benefit in different capacities for rapamycin and rapa cream, but you're looking at it for uh, how can we apply it in a way that perhaps it hasn't been applied and show the efficacy and show the safety in, in that particular application as well. And where I'm going with this is where are we in the evolution of, of this treatment? Is it available today as an over-the-counter? Does it have to continue to get some sort of uh, regulatory approval in order to label sure. it in a certain way and be able to promote it in a certain way and, and take us through that kind of journey that you and your team are experiencing? Yeah, we're really in the first steps of that. We have not yet gone to the FDA with this. We need to and we will because obviously this has to be done in a reasonable step-by-step way. We have to do it carefully mm-hmm. and slowly make sure that there's no downsides. Right. And, and of course, the FDA is, is all about that. So that's kind of our next step. We we have done a small, you know, proof of principle trial with mm-hmm. Drexel with uh, collaborators Christina Chung, who's a dermatologist, Ibiano Lawrence, who's a, a geriatrician internal medicine doc at, at Drexel, and we've had great results. I mean, the patients are happy. We have no side effects, no delivery to the bloodstream, which is a big deal because we really minimize those side effects, as you mentioned before. Yeah. So there's little chance that we're going to have, you know, some of the problems that people who take high doses have. Nonetheless. You know, we want to proceed with caution. We want to make sure that what we're doing is positive and doesn't cause any negative impact. So where we are now is we've got good data from the first small trial. Mm-hmm. We're setting up to make sort of a good formulation. We're working with a research contract organization here in the area. We're fortunate that we have a number of good pharmaceutical small startup companies and CROs that are local that we can work with. So we're working with a company called Frontage out in uh, Malvern. Sure. So they're making up a formula for us that will be compliant for the FDA. Mm-hmm. We'll approach them and then hopefully set up a phase two slash three trial to test this in a large number of patients and monitor for safety over a longer period of time. Nice. That makes good sense and totally appreciate the process you have to go through in order to ensure that this is, is safe and effective in the, in the way that your team envisions. If I could drill down a little bit on what you just shared in those very early preliminary kind of studies, was this an application to the hand, to the shoulder, to the face? You know, what type of process did you go through and what kind of results are you seeing? So we started with the hand. We figured that was the, it's kind of a sun-exposed area mm-hmm. where you often get these age spots and mm-hmm. things like that, you know, wrinkles. And we thought it's the, the safest place to, to begin with. 
So we did that. We gave them either a, a placebo mm-hmm. vial or the drug vial, a rapa cream, mm-hmm. with a blinded label. Mm-hmm. In fact, Christina, the dermatologist as well, didn't know which was which. Right. And then just had people apply to the right or left hand randomly. Yeah. choose, you know, which hand is going to get the drug versus the placebo, mm-hmm. and then monitored them over a period of four or six months. Yeah. And the results were very positive. You mm-hmm. know, in every case, we had beneficial impact. Patients, you know, could see the difference, and, you know, after a while, Christina could tell the difference, which yeah. is kind of good. So, That's cool. Yeah. yeah, it sounds very exciting. So let's be a little more forward-thinking. Where do you see Boinka in three years from now, in five years from now? So I think in three years, we'll probably be, I think we'll be working with the FDA, probably bringing this to final, I hope to final approval. Mm-hmm. That would be sort of my time horizon. I'd like to see it, think we could do it a little more quickly. Sure. I always think we could because it seems simple, but you know, we have to go through the process. That's I think right. That would be three but, years. But especially with a um, treatment option, a compound that's already known. Yeah, yeah. it's known. And so I'm, I'm hopeful that they'll they'll see the benefit in, in you know, the safety. And so I imagine in three years, we'll probably be pretty ready to bring this into the market by market. I mean, it's probably going to be from your local dermatologist. You're mm-hmm. probably going to be getting it through through a doc to make sure that, you know, everybody's different. Yeah. So you always want to make sure that you know, we're watching out for everyone who starts to take the drug and you monitor it and make sure that everybody's not getting some kind of reaction to it. Yeah, for sure. So, so I think that's where we'll be in five years. I think we're going to be international. We're working with an investment group out of Texas and mm-hmm. they've supported us for the international patent rights. Nice. So so I think there's a very good chance that we'll be distributing in maybe in various forms in five years in right. various countries, we hope. This story, it's just one of the many stories of groundbreaking developments in the life sciences happening right here in Greater Philadelphia. Tune in to other episodes of Growing Greater at Radio.com, wherever you get your podcast, or online at SelectGreaterPHL.com slash podcast. As we wrap this episode of Growing Greater, let's thank the team at the Philadelphia Convention and Visitors Bureau, also known as PHLCVB. They are the official tourism promotion agency for the city of Philadelphia globally, and they serve as the primary sales and marketing agency for the Pennsylvania Convention Center. PHLCVB, it's a true economic engine for the city and all of greater Philadelphia, creating jobs and fueling the economy by bringing meetings, conventions, and travelers to southeastern Pennsylvania and the region. The PHLCVB team, they serve as the connector for meeting planners, conference attendees, tour operators, travelers, and their own members. Learn more at discoverphl.com. That's discoverphl.com. And join me in thanking PHLCVB for believing in us at Select Greater Philadelphia. Growing Greater is presented by Select Greater Philadelphia, a council of our Chamber of Commerce for Greater Philadelphia. Select is the business attraction organization for Northern Delaware, Southern New Jersey, and Southeastern Pennsylvania, and helps to grow the economic vibrancy of our collective community by attracting new businesses and new jobs to our region. Special thanks to our program producers, Elena Carmazin and Maricela Juarez, along with the great team of marketing and creative services professionals at our chamber. Thanks for listening, and be sure to tune in anytime and anywhere you get your podcasts or online at selectgreaterphl.com slash podcast.